Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. There's a certain kind of experience that a person can only have when they are surrounded by nothing, by empty, featureless space, neither city nor mountain, canyon, river, field, forest. All of these have some particular character and some particular effect on a person who is fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to inhabit them. But there's a certain kind of experience that a person can have only when they are surrounded by nothing. Nothing that grabs the eye. Nothing that commands a person's attention. Nothing like a road that directs a person's footsteps. When a person finds themselves in such a space, they are available for a vision. We see that Moshe's vision of the burning bush happens in the Midbar. We see even that the Torah is given in the Midbar. This very word in Hebrew for wilderness, Midbar, directly connotes Medaber. It speaks. And there is a way that we are not available to be spoken to on this level unless we are in a Midbar, unless we are in a wilderness. Though even this is not guaranteed, the Talmud in Eruvin, commenting on a poetic line in the book of Bamidbar, the book of the wilderness, says that when a person makes themselves like a Midbar, when a person makes themselves something or someone unremarkable, flat, in the words of the Talmud, Shakol Dashinbo, that everyone steps on that person. And nothing erodes your sense of being something than walking in a space of nothing. A space that is featureless enough to ultimately render you featureless. Featureless enough to receive something new. And we find this association of flatness, of humility, as characteristic of some of the key moments in which Midbar, in which a person or a people received word, received a vision. We find Moshe, the humblest of all men, reaching a bush that is on fire at the edge of the wilderness. We find Sinai, the humblest of all mountains, as the place of revelation. We find Hagar, 
downtrodden, sent away, exiled by Sarah, her mistress, receiving a vision in the Midbar. The Midbar is not the place to go when you're trying to work something out. When something is on your mind and you need enough quiet and enough space in order to rearrange your position on a question that's come to you. The Midbar is not a place to cultivate some aspect of yourself, some seed, some seed of light that's been planted and needs to be protected while it grows. There are other spaces for those kinds of needs. The Midbar, the wilderness, is a place to which people will go when they need dynamic transformation, when they need to, in a way, become something or someone else. Moshe goes to the wilderness and comes back as the Redeemer. Hagar goes to the wilderness and comes back as the mother of nations. The Jewish people go to the wilderness and come back with the Torah. And when a person is pushed to or drawn to or compelled to such a space and to such an experience, they may not want to go, and rightfully so. It is inherently and definitionally terrifying and dangerous. The Torah has God telling the Jewish people that God is the one who who has walked you through this wilderness, which is enormous and awe-inspiring or terrifying. Nachash, saraf, ve'akrav, v'tzima'on. It is not empty, this wilderness. There are snakes and serpents. There are scorpions. There is thirst. Asher ein ma'im. There is no water there. These terrifying forces put a person at a high level of alertness. You might say they put a person at the proper level of alertness. They guide a person towards an awareness, a consciousness, which is elemental. It's one of survival. Will I drink? Can I avoid the very real dangers that surround me here? That might be the level of intense focus and awareness that's required in order for the midbar, for the wilderness, to communicate with a person. So not surprisingly, so many of the moments in the wilderness are moments in which water is not at hand. Hagar is running away from Sarah. She has no water. She's carrying her son Ishmael, and they're dying of thirst. The Jewish people, just before they receive the Torah in the Midbar, 
and in the wilderness were thirsty, and they were wondering whether God was even with them because of such a thirst. Miriam dies in the wilderness in Midbart Sin, and she is the bearer of the well that provides water in the wilderness. And when she dies, water is gone. And as such, we don't enter the wilderness, the Midbar, casually. This is not vision tourism. We enter the Midbar out of necessity. And we do so cautiously. The wildernesses that intersect the story of the Jewish people from their ancestry all the way back to Abraham, all the way to the receiving of the Torah and beyond, all the way to King David and beyond. These are intersections that are momentary. There is no thought that it would be best to stay in the wilderness like the Essenes, a tribe or group of Israelites who went out to live in the wilderness near the Dead Sea and to whom the Dead Sea Scrolls are attributed. This is not considered the ideal to seek to live in the wilderness, nor, however, should the wilderness be avoided. There are times in our personal lives, and I would add there are times in our communal and national lives when wilderness must be consulted. When the thread is lost, when the story is no longer clear, when the paths we have pursued have taken us in a direction that feels to be away from the ultimate purpose, at such a time, a person or a people might need to spend time in the wilderness so that those threads of story can be dropped, they can be let go of, and allow space for something else to come in and to begin. In the wilderness, a new path can be revealed that was not known about or was not seen before. We see this in Rabbi Nachman's story of the lost princess, where the second to the king has been looking for the princess for a very long time in the wilderness, until finally he sees a path off to the side. And this new path is the one that helps him find her and leads him to her. It seems in that story that it was necessary for the second to the king to spend so much time in the wilderness to allow old thoughts to clear away, to allow old assumptions to fall away so that he could be open to something new. Though speaking of this is not very reassuring because it's very difficult these days to get to a wilderness. A journey to the wilderness would require training and gear and probably great necessity in order to go there. 
So what is available for us? What kinds of experiences can we have living in the midst of civilization that will most closely approximate the experience of the wilderness that we need? They'll provide us the kind of space that we need to visit, at least occasionally, in order to reset. What's available to us? What, if anything, can we do to approximate that experience? Or are we finished with visions? I believe these are important questions, particularly at a time when, at least from my perspective, many aspects of the Jewish community have lost their way and are continuing to pursue old visions, which are not irrelevant at all and are not outdated, but need adjustment for the present and for the future. And so I pray for me and for all of us that the speaker, Hashem, the one who speaks to us in those wildernesses, guides us towards places and spaces and practices and experiences that can open us up to the kinds of communication, the kinds of transformative communication that we need in order to move forward. I mean...